Well, hello there. Welcome to the very first episode of Girly Bits with Louise Clark. It is now finally time to launch my very first podcast. You'll probably know me as a broadcaster with iRadio. It's my dream job. I love what I do. I get to do it every single evening from six o'clock until nine o'clock, keeping you company, whatever you might be doing. But now it's time to dip my toe into the podcast world. I've had this idea for quite some time, so I thought, why not? Let's give it a go. It's so, so important for us to look after ourselves. But quite often, we might need a little bit of advice from an expert or two. So with Girly Bits, I'm going to be deep diving into lots of different topics covering wellness, covering health, covering self-care and everything in between. As always, you can contact me on louiseclarkmedia at gmail.com. You can also give me a follow and uh, give me a little bit of support at Louise Clark Radio on Instagram, the same on Twitter. And I mean, you can always give me a shout wherever you can find me online. So without further ado, let's deep dive into my very first episode of Girly Bit. So for my first topic on Girly Bits, I wanted to dive into something where I had a personal experience that I just wanted to bury my head in the sand. I wanted it to go away. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't even want to look at the letter when it came in through the letterbox. Here in Ireland, when you turn 25, you're going to get a letter in the post to say that you've been accepted into the cervical screening programme. For me, I ignored the letter. Even though my mum said to me, it's something you have to do, go and do it, go and do it, go to your doctor, make an appointment. I buried my head in the sand for quite some time. I didn't want to know about it. I had a bit of a fear of needles, I had a bit of a fear of doctors. I didn't want to do absolutely anything that had to do with doctors or needles or health or anything like that. Fast forward to 2016, sadly, my mum became ill with ovarian cancer. It was metastatic ovarian cancer, passing away at the age of 52 in June of 2016. I suppose after that, I kind of had to put my big girl pants on and say, Louise, you know, you're not really going to be able to live on this earth without dealing headfirst with your health. At the time, I lived in Salt Hill with a group of amazing girls Uh, We all got on so, so well. We were a real great support network for one another. I remember specifically a girl called Gronya, who I lived with, used to say to me on almost a weekly basis, Louise, book your smear test. Louise, book your smear test. So in a roundabout way, I went to go and see a counsellor. I was going through grief counselling at the time because of uh, my mum passing away. And with that, I decided to try and tackle the fact that I was afraid of needles and doctors and to basically give myself the courage to go and get the smear test that I absolutely needed to do. So forward on a couple of weeks, I had gone through cognitive behavioural therapy to try and find the root of the solution or the root of the problem as to why I was so desperately frightened of going for anything to do with a a medical situation. And after a couple of sessions of cognitive behavioural therapy, I managed to book my smear test. I went to a lovely doctor in Galway City and I got it done. Now, luckily, I actually did because my results came back as, I suppose, having high grade cells on my cervix. I was freaking out for a little bit, but then I had to go to the colposcopy clinic. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But I think I always think back that if I never 
actually took the advice of the girls that I lived with and went and booked that smear test or went the long route of getting CBT to try and allow myself to get over my fear to go and book that test and go in and get that smear test. I don't know where I'd be right now because forward on maybe four, four years, five years, I've continually gone back to the colposcopy clinic. I've gotten biopsies done. And, you know, at the minute, just only a couple of weeks ago, I got a letter through the post to say that I'm all clear that I don't have any high grade cells in my cervix that could lead to cancer in years to come. It's obviously something that I'm going to have to keep an eye on in years to come. But at the same time, I always think back if I didn't go for that test, where would I be in a few years time? Now, obviously, we need a little bit of an expert to have a chat about this. So I am very excited to introduce my very first guest onto Girly Bits with Louise Clark. It's an absolute pleasure to be inviting our famous celebrity. You will have seen her all over Instagram, TikTok, you name it. I mean, your content is so amazing. But Dr. Monica Perez Oyike onto the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on. This is really important and I'm delighted to be on. Absolutely. Um, Now, I suppose, Monica, I wanted to get you on because I know that you're um, such an advocate for for sharing knowledge, um, especially about, you know, I suppose things that we, we should be knowledgeable of in our own bodies and in our lives. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, your background um, and of course what you do? Yes, so my name is Dr. Monica Perezoike. I am a Nigerian-Irish. I was born in Nigeria. Then I moved to Ireland when I was I think about 14, 15 thereabouts. And then grew up in Blanchestown, went to college in Trinity College, studied medicine there. And then after that I moved to Cork to do my internship. And subsequently, I worked around this side of Ireland for a while. And then I got into the GP scheme and I became a qualified GP in 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. And I currently work as a GP in in Douglas and Cork. I also do, uh, I suppose, what we now call social media health education. Yeah. I stumbled upon it because of the pandemic, but I find it really, really useful for so many people. Absolutely. And I think, you know, what resonated with me, um, you know, when I see your social media is that it's easy to digest and it's easy to, you know, it kind of spurs you on to go, oh, hang on a minute. Maybe I need to know more about that because even though we can all search the internet, we can all look at websites and everything, it's trying to understand the medical terms and and, you know, which spurred me on to have a talk all about smear tests, I suppose, really quickly, I suppose I was quite frightened um, to actually go and get a smear test. And I know all of the girls I'd lived with and my friends and everything. Um, and even my my, you know, my mom at the time would be like, come on, you've you've turned 25. You need to go and get your smear test. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. OK, OK, OK. Um, and then obviously, you know, when I was. 28 my mum sadly passed away from ovarian cancer so even more so my my friends were like come on no like you need to go and get this done so I suppose I went for my smear test I actually got CBT um, because I was so frightened I got cognitive behavioral therapy to try and get over my fear of, of going to the doctor and going to do these things oh. 
But um, I eventually did. And then I'm so glad I did because I found out that I actually had abnormal cells. So I suppose right now, you know, I'm I'm clear of those, but I had to get biopsies. Um, and I don't mean to frighten anybody when I'm saying this, but I suppose I'm so grateful that I did go because if I had left it, um, I don't know what may have turned into to something a little bit more sinister down the road. So I suppose that's why it spurred me on to, to do this podcast and to talk about smear tests because it's not actually all that scary. And it's so, so important to look after your health. So I suppose, where should we begin with smear tests? Um, And if somebody maybe tuned in hasn't gone for one or doesn't know what age they need to be or, you know, even if it's something that they're they're building themselves up to get, but they might be frightened like I was. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I suppose I'm really sorry to hear about your mom and also and. I'm glad you actually got CBT and you sh- you've shared your experience. Yeah, so people can understand that they're, if they're really, really anxious about it, they're not just the only one out there. There are people out there that are also anxious about it. Thankfully, in Ireland, we have free cervical screening. I cannot stress how important that is. Like my home country, Nigeria, does not have that. Wow. And so many people dying from literally undiagnosed end-stage cervical cancer. So we need to realize that we are really fortunate to have this, first of all. And then the cervical screening in Ireland is recommended from age 25 on to the age uh, 65. That's where the free screening program occurs there. I did a TikTok, actually, on how to prepare for your first cervical screening because some people, we all have different sexual history and sexual experiences. Some people may have been more sexually active at a younger age while some people have not been and maybe have not needed to get like an STI screening. Mm -hmm. So therefore, probably have never gotten a pelvic exam. So I say, if you've never gotten a pelvic exam at all, and you want to maybe prepare for your your cervical screening, you could go to your GP and maybe just get a routine pelvic exam before then, just so you have an idea of what it is. And um, so during that, you don't have to, there's this misconception that, oh gosh, I have to shave, yeah, I have to yeah. do this or that. You know, we actually really, really, for lack of a better phrase, we actually don't care about things like that. We're yeah. actually happier that you're in to do your cervical screening. If you come across any of my patients, especially the ones that come for their first cervical screening, I literally do like a happy dance and a happy clap. I'm like, yay! <laughs> Just because it's so important. And there, so the cervical screening basically is like your pelvic exam. And then just a little bit further in the sense that there's a cervical brush. Um, I have all this on my TikTok, all this describes there. There's a cervical brush and it's really soft, um, really, really soft. Uh, it's, you can rub it against butter and it won't do no harm. Yeah. So that's how soft it is. And then it literally takes, if all everyone is calm and collected, it literally takes less than three minutes. I usually play um, ABBA songs so or Dancing Queen. Brilliant. And from, the start, and from the start to the end, the music is still going on and you're done with yourself because screening. It's just to let people know that. It actually, it seems like a million hours when you're lying on that couch. But it actually isn't if you can finish it literally in a three minute song. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it is that anticipation of um, I know before I went and my one of my friends actually came with me and she was waiting out in the car and she was like, you'll be OK, you'll be OK. But she was one of the ones that said, Louise, come on, come on. You know, you really need to go. You really need to go. Come on. Like you need to go and do this. Um, and 
one I, I had a again I had a female doctor in, in Galway she was so nice and so relaxed And but you do think about these things you're like oh my god uh, do I need to shave do I need to go for a wax or all of this kind of stuff and yeah. when you're there the doctor is all the doctor is is focused on is making sure that they they check um, you know the, they get the cervical screening done the smear test done or whatever um, and you know that, that you're that you're going to be healthy and you're going to be fine um, I suppose if somebody is listening right now and they haven't booked it um, is it really easy to to go and put yourself onto that register for cervical screening yes absolutely and um, thankfully um, Google makes things in this case very very good yes. so you could literally type on Google when is my next cervical screening due and to bring you up to the register and you could put on your PPS number you could also put on uh, your date of birth and if you're due a cervical screening to let you know and then you can register there um, most people would have been invited at age 25, especially if maybe they've had a medical card, so there's a record of your address and you've been in the same address for all that while. While people have been moving around, they probably would have not gotten their invitation letter. Mm-hmm. So you can actually register yourself online. Once you're 25, you can go for your circle screening on that day. Now, to get a GP, now we do understand, I suppose, not all GPs would do cervical screening, yeah. which is honestly because um, there's so many GPs that patients just don't want to do that and we, we understand that too. So if your GP does not offer cervical screening, you can actually go to any GP that does it, so it doesn't have to be your own GP as well. You could also go to, you know, the sexual, um, the well women centres where they do the contraceptions and things like that. You could also go there for your cervical screening. So there's so many places you can get it done. Absolutely. And then I suppose I don't want to frighten anybody, but always we ha- we need to be cautious. So if something comes back in your cervical screening and it says, OK, you have abnormal cells or maybe you do have HPV, what happens from there? So thankfully, um, we have remodeled our cervical screening um, program in the sense that what we used to do many years ago was just go ahead and test for abnormal cells. But what we now do We've taken a step back to test for HPV mm-hmm. because it's a, a virus that is responsible for over 90% of cervical cancer. And HPV, there are about 100 types of HPV. It's a very common virus. A lot of sexually active people will have HPV. So in that sense, once you get yourself good screening now, you might come back with a result. It might come back with a result to say you have HPV. That is nothing to be panicked about yeah. because very common. Now, when they do test for the cells and they see that you do have HPV, then they go ahead and test the cells to see if they're abnormal. If their cells are not abnormal, all you have to do is go on your merry way and go back to your GP or whoever did your cervical screening a year later and get a repeat uh, repeat test. That's owing to the fact that you're not having any like symptoms or you know like irregular menstrual bleeding, uh, unusual back pain, uh, bleeding after intercourse. So that's discounting that you're not having those um, those symptoms. So you're, we get so the person that does your self-screening gets the letter in the post, but you also get a copy of your results as well. Now, if it comes out that you have abnormal cells, do not panic. It means that you just need to have further testing, which is something like I described, like it's like a camera test yeah. called coposcopy. So when you're doing your self-screening in your GP surgery, where you're using a naked eye to look at your cervix, but when you go up to the uh, corpuscle clinic, they're using more like a microscope. So they are taking a closer look at the cervix as well. So it's basically like your smear. But then instead of using our naked eyes, we're using something that makes us see properly. And then the biopsy might be taken. 
Absolutely. And I think because because I've received that letter in the post where you say, you know, you are uh, positive for CIN, um, you know, I think it's CIN1 or CIN2. And you kind of go, your heart skips a beat and you go, oh, what do I need to do? And, you know, I, I was like, OK, right, I'm an adult. I need to go and get this sorted. You know, so mm-hmm. if, if anybody was to find themselves in that position, you know, it's so, so important as well not to put the letter away, file it away, oh, forget yes. about it. Oh, yeah. You need to go and do it because in my experience being at the colposcopy clinic um, and I've been there, you know, quite frequently over the last uh, four years or so. Um, and they're super, super nice. They're so well trained. They put you yeah. at ease. They explain everything. Um, and it really is important to to go ahead and make sure you you get tested yes absolutely this is the one thing that um you don't ignore ignorance is not pleased when it comes to this because if left untreated it could get worse so and we know that cervical cancer is curable if caught in time so that's why we're doing all this and taking all these measures as well Absolutely. And I think if anybody was feeling, you know, a bit anxious about this, you know, they've they've heard and they've they've maybe over consumed some some um, bad social media about these things and they've got it into their head that they're like, no, don't want to do it. I just want to forget about it. Oh, oh, no. Like, it's so important when you're dealing with your own female health that you stay on top of things and maybe listen to your body as well. Oh, yes. And um, like what you said, there's people are feeling that way. And this is uh, quite important, especially if you're GP and you have a good relationship with your GP. So if your GP offers this cervical screening, I've had patients that ring me up and say, I'm doing my screening, but I'm extremely, I'm extremely nervous and I don't know if I want to go ahead with it. I invite them to come in or sometimes they're like, would you like something to relax you? Or so you can actually have maybe some uh, medication that can relax you. Your GP could prescribe that, just kind of calm your nerves a little bit. Just like some people, you know, there's some people going for MRI scan and yeah. they just don't like those spaces. We do give something to relax them. So why should we not give something to relax them while you're having yourself with screening if that could make things a little bit easier? Also, if you feel like you might be cramping, you could take a wee bit of paracetamol or some boscopan beforehand as well. But like I do stress that it is less than a three-minute uh, um, procedure. So if you can, just do come in. Like do all you can to come in and we can try our best to make it happen. We know also that there are um, some postmenopausal women that would also need cervical screening as well, from about, um, especially if they're having symptoms maybe from the age of 50 as well. And something that is also quite common in that age could be uh, vaginal dryness. Okay. So I do encourage people in that age course, if they, especially if they're not on hysterity, we can offer like uh, vaginal estrogen to help lubricate the cervix and make it a little more have a little bit of moisture so it's not uncomfortable when you're going for your cervical screen. So it's very important to just ring up your GP and just discuss your concerns. That way, at least, we're both on the same page when you come in. Absolutely. And I think as well, you know, from my experience of being somebody that was really terrified of anything medical and, and all of that kind of thing. And I suppose it was only when I spoke to my friends that I realized that I need to take control of the situation. You know, it's my body, it's my health um, and I really need to, to make sure that I am OK. So that's why I, I seeked out, you know, um, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy to mm-hmm. try and ease myself into these medical situations, because I suppose mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm heading towards my 30s. I'm not going to escape blood tests 
tests and smear tests and <laughs> all of these things any much longer. So, you know, I think it's so important that if you do have a fear and I've spoken to so many people on social media that have a fear of these things. But, you know, it's 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 really important to get the courage to try and um, to, to focus it head on um, and to, to, to try and make sure that you you do avail of these um, the these uh, procedures and, and, and these tests when they are so readily available in this country. We are quite lucky to have this um, this in in our country. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose, uh, Monica, if anybody wants to check out some of your online resources, um, if they want to check out where where you might be doing some some talks, or even if they want to show you some love and follow you online, I don't know how you do it because you're such a busy, busy lady. So I really appreciate <laughs> you giving me your time here on the podcast. But where can people follow you and find out more? So I am on TikTok and Instagram. So my TikTok is Dr. Dr. Blondie Perez. So B L O N D I E P E R E S. So you should come up there. And so Dr. Blondie Perez, and also on um, Instagram as well. Oh, super. Listen, thank you so much for talking about it. It's such an important topic. I hope we've helped lots of young women, um, you know, maybe go and book that uh, cervical check or even if they have missed one over the last couple of years, that they get back onto it and uh, and get tested. Um, but listen, thank you so, so much for giving me your time. I really appreciate it. No, and okay. I'll be looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Bye now. <laughs> Thanks again to Monica for popping on to my very first episode of Girly Bits. And I am so excited to be doing this podcast. I think there's lots and lots of topics over the next couple of months that we can explore. And as always, if there's anything that you'd like me to get an expert on to have a chat about, feel free to reach out. You can find me on all social media, Louise Clark Radio, or you can also give me an email to louiseclarkmedia at gmail.com. I would absolutely love to hear from you. So for next week's episode, we're all a little bit obsessed with romance and love. I'm going to be chatting to one of my very good friends. Ireland's number one matchmaker is going to be joining me. Here's a little bit of an idea as to what we're going to be talking about. You might be using online dating like Tinder, Bumble, whatever, um, and you're swiping, 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 going on the dates. But dating has changed so much in the last 10 years. Part of me thinks that online dating is great. I think it's fantastic. Um, But part of me thinks that online dating is the worst thing to happen to dating ever. If you actually think about it, it's such a new phenomenon and how we date and how we meet each other. And it's such a small time if you think of the evolution of humans. Yeah. Well, actually, I would say is it's quite difficult. So there you have it. I can't wait for you to tune in next week to hear my conversation with Ireland's number one matchmaker and dating expert. She has got lots and lots of tips, even if you're in a relationship or you're not in a relationship. If you're a single Pringle, she has got lots and lots of advice. And I love talking about dating, love and everything in between. So there you have it. My very first podcast and my very first episode done and dusted. As always, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to reach out to me on email, Louise Clark Media at gmail.com you can also show me some love on social media Louise Clark Radio on Instagram I'm on Twitter X what are we calling it these days I've no idea anyway you can find me at Lou Clark Radio there and uh, maybe on TikTok I'm getting a little bit better at that as the weeks go by but uh, we're spinning lots and lots of plates anyway thank you so much for tuning in it really means the world to me that you would listen to my very first episode of Girly Bits I'm so excited to continue this journey 
journey and to deep dive into lots of different topics that we can have a chat about. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I would love to build a little bit of a community here with Girly Bits. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll catch up with you next week. Bye.